Track by track, I'm your host Darren, and today we're going to be talking about Saviour from Emancipation. Recorded late 95, early 96 at Paisley Park, and released on the 19th of November 1996. On the track we have Prince, we have Michael B, we have Sonny T, we've got Mr Hayes, Tommy Barbarella, and Ricky Peterson. So there is one, two, three keyboard players. And the MPG horns, so prepare yourself for an assault of keyboards and horns. The track is 5 minutes 49, and joining me to talk about today are returning guests Shannon Camp and Zach Powers. Hello. Hey, thanks for having us back. Thanks again. And um, in terms of a genre, I mean, I'm not 100% where to go with this. I mean, it feels like a power ballad, maybe. Mm. I feel like that that's maybe the genre we're into. Although, again, this is yet another song where Prince is, um, you know, laying out exactly what his relationship with Maite is. And, um, you know, how they are two petals from the same flower, baby. Two branches from the same tree. Um, I really liked the intro to this song I just wanted to say before we get into anything else the instrumental introduction of this song was like super strong caught my attention right away catches you quick and you know obviously this comes you know as a direct contrast to the the song before which is just piano and bass and is uh, certainly a lot quieter and feels a bit more intimate and then you kind of come into this very big um, Prince ballad (laughs) with as I said a lot of keyboard players going on here um, I'm not 100% sure, but I think this might be the final track for, you know, this iteration of this particular band uh, with Sonny T, Michael B and Tommy Barbarella, who have been around since 1991 at this point. But I know for a fact that they're not any, any, any albums after this point. Uh, Prince gets himself a new drummer and a new keyboardist after this album. Um, so, you know, this is kind of a farewell to them. I can't, I can't think of any tracks that they're on on the third disc either because the third disc is mostly Prince by himself. Uh, but yeah, you know, it starts very strong. Um, if you've got three co- three keyboard players, I feel like you're going to have a lot of noise uh, going on. And, you know, Prince comes in very, very strong. And, uh, you know, Michael B's drums, always great. Um, you know, probably my favourite Prince drummer. Um, you know, comes in with a nice strong drum fill. Um, and we get Prince with, you know, harmonising with himself, singing the word saviour, making it clear exactly what this song is. Um, and, you know, I like the sentiment in the, you know, in the opening lines, how did I come this far without you, baby? You know, I mean, um, you know, if you're if you're marrying someone, I feel like that is a very good sentiment to express to them and say, you know, like, once again, I mean, there's not as much um, excusing of Prince's past in this song as there are in a couple of other songs on this disc. Um, I feel like Prince is concentrating mostly on um, complimenting Maite on this song and making it clear how close they are. Yeah, there is one line where he says, I used to say no one lover could have me. That was before (laughs) my eyes had seen the light. But other than that. Yeah. As opposed to the last one we covered, uh, Let's Make a Baby, which is sort of like a, like a, a romantic let's get down jam but also it has this thing straight over the top of it of like we are doing this for childbirth appropriation <laughs> this one's much more I straightforward i want that baby this isn't about you this one's like straight up love song 
you know. And I mean, I do, I do like the, you know, like the the, the chorus, which is, you know. Which he changes each time he brings it back. So the first time he says, I can see we're like two flowers from the same, uh, two petals from the same flower, baby. We're like two branches from the same tree. Whenever I look in your eyes, I can see a paradise. You're my saviour. You're all I ever need. And when he sings it a second time, he says, can't you see we're like two petals? So he kind of changes it up a little bit to um, change the emphasis a little bit when he when he brings the chorus back. But, you know, that is, it's a great chorus, you know. Um, if you're going to, if you're going to express this idea, I feel like this is, this is the best kind of metaphors to be using. Um, no one can disagree that they're two petals from the same flower um, or two branches from the same tree. Two branches from the same tree feels a little less romantic does, than two yeah. petals from the same flower. <laughs> oh, really? Um, I liked two branches from the same tree. I love trees. Maybe I'm just gay for trees. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, but I mean, like, you know, branches on trees feels a bit more kind of... Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm just imagining like a thick oak tree. Branches are very strong. Petals are gonna blow the f- away. Think about it, you guys. Yeah, I get. <laughs> Petals have a more yeah. romantic, personal. I don't know. It's not Zuzu's branches. It's not the branches. <laughs> the, the the last branch from the beast's rose falls. I would. I would like to see a remake of uh, It's a Wonderful Life where he where he, he has, has branches, branches sticking like out that. of his pocket for the last third of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and and he doesn't have to check if they're there when he's in the alternate yeah. world because quite clearly you'd know if these gigantic branches were no longer there. Yeah, just to have her say, "Paste them, Daddy. Paste them." Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and you know, um, Prince is is telling Maite, "What would I be without your love around me? What would I see? You'll constantly astound me." You know, I feel like I feel like Prince is uh, maybe buttering Maite up a little bit with the the astounding. Uh- gonna say i think the theme of like comparing religious salvation with romantic love is a pretty common one in popular music but i do appreciate that prince put his own uh spin on it with sort of the naturalistic element of the flowers and the trees and the rain and the sea all of that i mean he also does say you know obviously he sees paradise in her eyes so again there you're right there is like a, a kind of religious language um, being used by Prince, um, though you know um, we also get the word savior quite a lot of times. Yeah. Which, yeah. You know. That was my first clue. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean at this point Prince, you know, he wasn't shy about his religion. You know, he had he'd released a single called "The Holy River," um, and you know he he'd kind of made it fairly explicit that um, you know he was uh, free of Warner Brothers. He was more prepared to. Um, make songs that were overtly spiritual in some kind of way. And as we were discussing prior to the start of the episode, it is indeed the British spelling of savior. Um, <laughs> yes. Despite Prince being an all-American boy, he uh, he went yeah. with, uh, you know what, but I can't blame him because I almost always choose, like, I frequently choose British spellings of things just to be, I mean, honestly, all it does is make me seem pompous, <laughs> but I, I frequently do spell, like, theater, R-E, if, like, all the time. That's just wrong, because theater with R-E is the art form, and theater E-R is the building well, or I think, place. I think most Americans spell it E-R all the time. But then most Americans are incorrect, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i mean I, I don't know i mean comparing maite to uh you know christ our lord and savior maybe is 
I don't know, no, some people might find that a little blasphemous. I mean, that's not what I necessarily meant. It's more about salvation than, like, specifically the redemptive power of Christ. I mean, I guess he's not making that di- direct comparison, but he does keep saying, you're my savior, you're all I ever need. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I like later on in the song where he sings that, and he goes up and up and up the scales as he sings it. Um, so he's not just singing the same thing over and over again. He, you know, later on in the song, he's literally like, "You're my savior. You're ever, all I ever need." And he keeps each time he repeats it, he kind of climbs up the scale a little bit more. Um, you know, I will say one thing I found one uh, negative I would level at the song level at the song is I think it's a little bit longer than it needs to be. It's like almost six <laughs> minutes or something like that, which I think is a bit yeah a bit much. Uh, yeah, so there is like a bridge where you know Prince is singing "How did I come this far without you, baby?" and you have kind of the overlapping of you know him also singing "How did I without you, baby?" Like there's little echoes that it kind of overlaps. Uh, and then it kind of builds to like a climax and then it kind of goes back to the chorus like one final time um you know and then towards the end you know he starts talking about you know you want my flower baby on every hour you know when it when it just rain i said rain (laughs) and rain 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 and i don't know if it kind of you know rains some of your sweet love down on me is what prince says at one point um, so it feels like Prince couldn't help himself, even towards the end, even in this kind of sweet ballad talking about how close he is to Maite. He still has to kind of use the phrase uh, sweet love down at one point. Um, and then, you know, he repeats, we get the kind of savior and then, you know, the kind of uh, almost like a fanfare and then savior and then savior again. And then, you know, the song kind of goes quiet and finishes, um, you know. And I mean, you know, in terms of this second disc, which is, you know, 12 songs about Maite basically would have been a better title for it. Um, You know, I feel like this is one of the stronger songs. There are a couple of other songs earlier in the disc that kind of, they feel like they're about Maite, but they also feel a little bit like Prince could have written them about anyone. Whereas this really does feel like this is the sentiment that Prince, you know, is willing to express about Maite. Bearing in mind that, you know, up until he met Maite, he'd never publicly confirmed any of his previous relationships. Um, you know, people had kind of just guessed at who he was going out with, um, you know, just by the fact that he was, you know, he was close to Sheila E. Um, you know, one of his, uh, one of the um, revolution, uh, her sister went out with Prince for a number of years. And she's, you know, she's in the, the she's, she's on the song Nothing Compares to You, the original version done by the family because Prince made a group just for her. So, you know, there was stuff that people would infer about Prince's previous relationships based on, you know, whether or not people did solo albums with him and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, in 1989, he recorded a few guitar parts for Madonna's um, album. Um, and he sang on a, a duet with her called Love Song. So obviously there were rumors about her and Prince. And, you know, like it was always just whoever Prince was working with professionally tended to be who people figured Prince was going out with. Um, you know, and around the time of Purple Rain, you know, he was going out with Vanity and then he was going out with Apollonia. And so it's only this point in his, you know, his career where he's actually saying to everyone, this is the person that I'm in love with. And this is the relationship that I'm definitely in because I'm marrying Maite and, you know, we're going to we're going to settle down and have a family. And so it's it's you know, it's nice that on this second disc, he's he's kind of willing to publicly declare his love, um, you know, 
11 different times basically <laughs> you know once on each song i enjoy i think the chorus is pretty strong on this song i thought overall it was uh i mean granted again uh, as i established in the last episode i don't have a great bedrock for a a lot of points of comparison for Prince music, but uh, I I enjoyed this song. I think it catches you quick. I think the chorus is strong. I think it's a little overlong. Yeah, I don't know about the length, but otherwise uh, I agree with pretty much all of that. It almost makes me feel like the repetition has some sort of gospel influence. It makes me think of songs I've heard in church settings where you repeat a phrase over and over and over because it kind of puts you in like a state of prayer almost like I don't want to say a meditative trance it's not as intense as that but like repeating a phrase can definitely um make it all the much more meaningful so yeah I enjoyed it I mean hey I like nice good love songs this one is extremely up-tempo and powerful so I'm here for it. Uh, yeah, I personally, I would say, um, you know, a four out of five. Um, like you said, it is a little bit overlong. And I feel that's because Prince had a, a goal for each of the three CDs of Emancipation. And that is that they would all be exactly 60 minutes long. Mm. And so there are some songs on each of those discs that feel like they maybe go on for, you know, 30 seconds too long just to get Prince up to the 60 minute mark. Um, and and that feels a little bit like that's going on here where, you know, there is a, a bit too much kind of repetition of the chorus and you feel like maybe you've kind of, you've you've made your point and you could probably go to a fade out, but um, Prince insists on kind of going on for a little bit longer. I'd say a minute shorter and it would probably be a five out of five for me. I'm going to agree with the four out of five. I really enjoyed it. It had a lot of the things I like about a Prince song, uh, but that's pretty much all I have to say about it. In general, for something to really resonate with me as a love song there has to be something about it that's like almost a ballad quality where we hear the story of the relationship a little bit more um or it's unique in some other way so yeah this was just a solid four out of five i'm debating whether i want to agree with the consensus or just to be obtuse like i was last time go with 4.25 but i think i'm gonna go ahead and say four out of five sounds good to me i think i'll go with the cons- the the group i'll jump on that bandwagon uh prince never performed the song live which uh, you know i think is a pity because i feel like in a live setting this would have had yeah. a very much like kind of hands in the air type feel to it it's definitely more surprising with this one than, than let's one. have a baby you know but like i said you know 96 i feel was a year that prince kind of wanted to leave behind once he got to 1997 so uh, possibly, you know, maybe that's the reason. Also, you know, at this point, he's released almost 300 songs. He's got a lot of songs to pick from when he comes to playing stuff live. Yeah. He doesn't have to play everything. Um, but it's it's just weird that he never kind of... I would have thought towards, you know, you know the kind of, uh, the kind of 2010s, maybe he would have brought it back because it, it feels like it would have fitted into the performances he was giving at that time. Um, but, you know, obviously he never felt the need to bring it back. And should go without saying, no one has covered this song. You know, and I feel it's ripe for, ripe for a cover. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a kind of big, powerful ballad. It feels like that's the kind of thing that someone could uh, kind of, you know, do today and yep. take ownership of. Maybe a John Legend type? Maybe, yeah. Someone in that direction certainly feels like it would be something that they could do. Um, so, yeah, um, I feel like we said about as much as we possibly can about Saviour, the song, not uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, so let's go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug? Uh, once again, like last time, I have a podcast called The Revisionist, which is a comedy alternate history podcast. We discuss a person or event from the history, and one of us gives the true account. Another person gives a crazy batshit alternate version that involves, like, kaiju fights or... The Dark Wanderer, who is a devil stand-in that recurs in various histories. 
Um, and at the end of the episode, we vote on which becomes the true history of the world going forward. And that's The Revisionists. It's available on the internet. It does not feature Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, and Zach and I also have a podcast together, which Darren produces. It's part of the Darren Husted Galaxy of Stars, as it's come to be known, uh, by me and me alone. Uh, our podcast is called Stage of Fools, and we discuss E's first scripted series, The Royals, which is about a bunch of incredibly inappropriate and unbelievable fictional British monarchs. So if you're jonesing from not having enough Thomas Markle gossip in your life, why not listen to this trash? Um, We're on hiatus right now because the show is on maybe permanent hiatus, but it's a great time to catch up. Uh, If you don't want to watch this garbage television program, just let me and Zach tell you the story. If you still want to hear about the highlights and lowlights, like blackouts used to end democracy in the UK, we're here for you. That was a lowlight both literally and figuratively. Yeah. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you can email us, not sure why you would, at PrinceTrackByTrack at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here. Oh, yeah. Always a pleasure. Thank you. And otherwise... Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.